as um, beginning of this week st- started, I um, and saw that we were going to do a sermon series sermon on the mission of suffering, our call to go to suffering. I didn't realize that it was going to be such a personal therapy for myself. As many of you know, um, uh, my mother has been battling and suffering with cancer, and um, it's been very difficult. Um, And I've kind of tried to live emotionally under the radar. So I pray that you would uh, just bear with me and... God just kind of taught me this in sort of real life. And so a lot of what you hear today is testimonial, um, if you will. This week, again, we're going to look at God's call for his people to be about the mission of comfort for those who are suffering. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's one reason. Terrence and Kia, uh, who normally lead our worship, I need to just say this, um, they uh, went home to, to not only see my mom, but uh, Terrence, who sings up here, is my brother. Okay. Um, but Kia had a death in the family, a tragic death, a murder and, um, of a cousin. And so she went down there, and uh, they were supposed to be here this morning. But... Kia went to go see the family, and she called Terrence and said, I can't go. They want me to stay. So I just want to, wow, all this stuff. (laughs) Just want to throw that out to you just so you know, um, to pray for them and their comfort and what they're going through. We're going to do a series of, we've been doing the mission of the church this summer. We're actually going to do a series on our call to the world's oppression. And we start here again with the church's call to suffering. The Apostle Paul wrote the church in Corinth with this letter, which he expected would be circulated to other churches, and now it comes to us as well, also as the word of God for his people. And the beginning of this letter encourages God's people in their sufferings and to, to be about the sufferings of others. Look again at what it says here in verse 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And what it's saying is that believers, the church, Christians, are called to go and get into and comfort any trouble, any issues, any sufferings that others in this world may find themselves in. And why? Because, as Paul says, they have, we have, and will receive comfort from God through Jesus to actually be freed to go and jump in and dig in where there is pain and hurt and pressure and despair and disgrace and sickness and destruction and death and we can go on and on. But come on. Look around. Especially in this city and in this country. 
churches, Christians, like anyone else, don't seem to be signing up to get the life dealt beat down, right? But guess what? Suffering happens anyway. Regardless of whether you've got strong faith, and some of you think you have stronger faith than the Apostle Paul and Jesus, mind you, who both suffered. (laughs) Or maybe your theory is, don't worry. Be happy, right? You can just, you know, think good thoughts. You know, you know the secret, right? And you can think good thoughts to make your life work without suffering or pretend it is, is it there? Or, or you are really good at, at, you know, make, putting things behind you or have lots of money to spend or power to, to manipulate things. Regardless of that, suffering and destruction and devastation are a part of this fallen world story. And it's easy to run and hide and pretend or even drug ourselves with whatever into apathy or oblivion. But, but the church, God's people are called to actually be awakened by it. To go to where it is happening towards people and places where it is the worst. Uh, to, 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 to accept, number one, uh, to tell the truth of suffering. To number two, to to enter into suffering and finally to know Jesus through suffering. This is the mission of God's people. Look at what the apostle tells us, tells the church here in verse 8 and 9. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so much so that we despaired even of life indeed in our hearts we felt the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on but on God who raises the dead what is Paul doing as a pastor as the, as one giving the word of God, he is saying, I want you to be exposed to the truth of suffering, of our suffering in particular. I want you to know. Paul is telling us that part of the call, part of what we go to do in a mission of towards suffering is, is, is to tell the truth, to be exposed to the truth of it. Paul is saying, don't be ignorant about what is going on with yourselves or, and others and don't play the only good thoughts or words talk. We, we are called more than any other because of what we know, how God created this earth is good and beautiful before the fall. We are called to accept and tell the truth of suffering, to speak the obvious, which is this. Suffering is not good. It is not right. Paul says here that they suffered beyond what they could endure. And it led them to despair of life and that they had a death sentence on them. They could they could feel death saying, I have you. I don't know whether you can sense it from Paul's words, but, but we should let the world know and know ourselves what? That suffering is not good. That to despair about life, that's, that's to doubt life is worth living. To, to maybe want to die or believe death is the only thing to look forward to or to experience anything. That means to experience anything that separates you from, from living this life fully or truly or, or, or rightly or freely is bad. And it is not good and we should not like it. 
or love it or settle for it or, or tell ourselves or others anything but this truth. This is a fallen and broken world and what you and I have experienced in it is pain and isolation and despair and death and it is strange and scary and just not right and definitely not good. You know, I like to share stories about my mom. Last week I talked about her, her hospitality. How she used to go to the grocery store and buy food for folk and and sit them down at the table and and have them talk to her. Let me tell you, this is the life I remember her having. Yeah, remember. But the truth is that it is not the mother I know and experience now who is fighting and appears to be losing her battle with cancer. You know, five different tumors and with the treatments, there's back and forth. Her life has been sucked away and sucked very dry. You know, my dad printed some pictures of her the other day when she was young. My mama looked good. And... Her beauty from this illness, man, her hair is gone, her skin is discolored, she's lost a lot of weight, her joy and laughter and activity have been sucked away. Y'all, life is very despairing for her. It's so offensive and rightly so. She should be up and alive and walking and happy and joyous and eating and cooking and making jokes and acting silly like she does. This shell of a woman and life that she had is not right now. It's not the way it was supposed to be. It is unhappy and unfair feeling and disheartening. And now for her, like Paul and those who experience suffering, it makes you despair about life. That something you've experienced or you're knowing someone experienced, it's, it's, it's not, it's like they're unusual. Like this isn't right. You, you can't even make it right. You can't even pretend it right. And it's like you almost lose, when you despair about life, it's almost like you lose your ability to remember what it was like to be whole or alive or happy. And all you can see is disease or destruction or isolation or fear or loss. And that is not right. Right. So much depression and behavior disorders that you know are responses to extreme trauma. That in other words, people have really lost their sense of thinking and up and down and right and wrong because they have been so hurt or crushed or, or made so desperate or, or, or so um, offended or, or so treat, treated so badly. And that is not the way God made us to be. The world is broken, right? It has cracks in it. It has potholes in its beautiful landscape. You know, my my Volvo is out of alignment, right? I don't. I can't remember. Did I hit a pothole? You know you. I live in the city, man. You know, you're cruising, looking around, listening to the music. But now, you know, I I drive it and it automatically pulls to the left. I mean, the wheel goes there. And I have to hold it just to keep it straight. 
when we experience suffering, when Paul says he despaired about life, now let me tell you, this is the Apostle Paul. The one who's telling people about the resurrected Lord the Savior saying, I didn't believe life was worth living. Things were crazy. I believe death more than God at this point. It was beyond my ability to endure what I was going through. He's saying suffering takes you out of alignment mentally. You've been to a hospital, a nursing home, or hospice lately? You go in them places, it's heavy. You know? As many times, I've been to the hospital, my boys probably know, only know their grandma, because I guess she's been in the hospital for probably two out of three years, last three years, if you take all the months together. And so we went to go see somebody here in Charlotte, and they were like, are we at grandmama's house? That's all I know. And, and that tells you, as often as I've been to the hospital, and as a pastor he's supposed to go to the hospital, it is still alien to me. It's still surreal. It still feels not right. But Paul tells us of the other half of the truth we are called to know and speak to the world. Not only suffering is bad, but the irony that God is good. Suffering is bad. We're called to speak this double talk, it seems. That suffering is real bad. You know you're going through. I know it's hard, but... God is good. Now here is a man that has experienced and may still be experienced the pains of this world, whatever he suffered in Asia. And we don't know whether it was sickness or someone tried to kill him or he broke his leg or we don't know what happened. And he starts off sharing about suffering by giving praise to God. Look at these verses here. Look at verse 2. Grace and peace to you from God and our Father and the Lord Jesus. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Look how he describes God in this discussion. Of suffering. God is what? Grace, peace, mercy, and comfort? God is good, he's saying. And we need to know and let it be known because it is easy to forget that there is a God up there and that he is benevolent. That he is good, that he is our number one helper. He is our hope and he is for us. And it is hard to believe, and this is this, and, and even easier when you are suffering to get angry with God for letting this or that happen. It happens to me probably once every week or twice. God, why? What are you doing? Are you good? I have to ask, I, sometimes I have to ask the question. Are you good? Look at this. Turn on the news. Pop. Anybody up there? We need to know and tell others because of what we've already discussed about suffering. It makes you lose your mind. It makes you foolish enough to live at odds with God as your enemy. Think about it. Again, this is the Apostle Paul who says that he began to think death and suffering were in charge and not God. And we look around at our lives and say, what is up, God? 
I mean, I look at somebody like my mom who, who loved him and shared his love with the world. And I think, thanks. And though it is crazy to me and to you, when you're going through something so rough or somebody else's and you're there at the time, the truth still is. And the truth must be told to me and to you and them. God is good. He did not make this happen. He is not the author of destruction and disease. When sin entered the world and the results of it became a part of the human experience, God's hands were not dirty. And he was not unmindful of the hell we go through day in and day out. His response to our mess? Mercy and grace and peace and comfort and goodness. And if these things are true, it must mean and it does that God's people are called to go. To go with this message. To go somewhere. To, to enter in to the suffering with that truth. Look again at what it says here at verse 4. And then he brings this in the following verse. We'll look at it. Who, the God of all comfort who comforts us, verse 4, and all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble. Do you see that? Any trouble? <laughs> any trouble the comfort we, we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. And we'll come back to that verse. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. And we'll come back to some of that. But there is this ministry. Right? Of being able and called to comfort any trouble. And then by mentioning Jesus' suffering, we're reminded about what he did, that he came to earth, and thus he went to where the suffering was. You know, he's the king of the universe. He created it. I'm glad I'm not Jesus. Because y'all would have suffered. Because I would have been in a nice mansion or something. Saying, you know, kiss the ring. Or something like that. You know, just trying to get rich somehow. That's why he's God. And Jesus came and he said, I want to go where those people are. Yeah, I want to go where the the disenfranchised are. I want to go where the sick are. I want to go where the sinners are. I want to go where the forgotten are. That is where I've come. And regardless of whether you think you're not a sinner or forgotten, when he came to earth, he was in the middle of a worldwide ghetto. We have someone in our, we have a part of our denomination, I think it's part of our missions to the world, missions organization, but we had someone who was a member of our church, and, and there's a group that when there's a disaster like the tsunami or the earthquakes or those things, they go, like they get a group of folk and they go right there, try to go right there to ground zero, and and he, he was at Katrina and he was at uh, like I mentioned, he went down after the tsunami and, and probably he's in China right now. Um, and, and, you know, they, they train and they, somewhere out in Pennsylvania, somewhere they train and they learn how to live on little water and this and that. And it's right to have people who just go to world disaster. But maybe you just 
need to go see a counselor, right? Maybe you may not need to go to China or, or maybe you should just go to someone to share where and what hurts for yourself. Or, or maybe you should just need to be a mission of going out to lunch with that person you know aren't doing so well or to go across the street. Income for the neighborhood doesn't matter. Somebody is suffering over there. Or maybe it's time to turn on the TV. And, and I mean, when we turn on the TV, not to be hardened to what's going on. Maybe it's time to actually let it affect us, to let our hearts and minds go to that place and maybe turn and pray. And, and then when you get there, there's a call to dig into the suffering. Right? You don't just go. To, to lay into it. To take the scab off the wound. To peel back the layers, to open Pandora's box of horrors, to push on the sore, right? Or the bruise like your doctor does. When you, I'm hurting right here. Does that hurt? Yes, it does. You know, to, <laughs> or, or find out and see how bad it is, you know? How you doing? I'm doing good. Man, wait a minute, you ain't doing too good. Let me ask you about this. And you know what this is? That area that, that's hard for that person, you know, to, 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 to just go and sit with the hurt. And, and sure, it seems like, you know, you're being um, sadistic or something. But to go where the pain is and pull it up, to jump in, to get in, to get involved, to ask that question, to go down the dark hallway where the monster is, right? To look under the bed, to look in the closet, to bring out the tears and the screens and and find the thing, as Paul described in his sufferings, that is bigger and stronger than we have been or can be against. To bring out what is not secure and not safe so that it can be dealt with. And the goal here is going and digging to comfort, to console. And comfort and console here are the same word. And, and, and if you look at the word comfort, I, I, you know, I try not to do too many language breakdowns because I'd be making stuff up, but um, <laughs> I majored in English, you know. Um, anyway, so, but if you look at the word comfort, it has the word fort in it. It, I looked up with fort to protect, to guard against pain and grief, to protect against the winds of despair. With that, to bring back to center, to balance heart and body to a place of reality and hope where they are no longer only despairing of life. To dig people out of their issue, to rebuild to offer physical presence and relief, to redeem, to revive, to remind them of life, to fight for injustice, to be an antibiotic to the infection of human despair in whatever arena. Let me say this. To just be another human being present, right? To help them see the living, to live to help them remember life again and themselves again in their minds again. To, 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 as the scripture says here, to console them. And yeah, to bring them back to center like console, right? Like your TV console, all the things on the inside. To, to bring them back into the human race. To bring them back into console. Back in line with what God has said and done for them. Which might mean rebuilding homes and towns. Uh, or giving them medical care. Or counseling. Or doing or showing a documentary. Or, or getting involved in a grassroots cause to pray, you name it. And even what I learned from my elders in Maryland, right? 
I became a pastor of a church in Baltimore. I was young, still young, but like 27 or something. And the elders were like 75, 70, been elders for 40 years. And when they went to the hospital, I just watched. And we had a lot of sick and shut-ins, lots. And you go in there, how you doing? And sometimes they couldn't talk. And sometimes they just touch. Sometimes the mission is just to go to touch or, or to listen, to hear them tell their story, to just sit there. Like Paul says in verse 7, and our hope is for you and fir- is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort to comfort them. And it means, <laughs> it means to be a mediator between hope and despair. This is hard, y'all. Because it looks like hanging somewhere between life and death, between despair and breakthrough, which by far is the most frustrating place. I've had a couple of experiences. I was in Maryland. We had a lady who had cancer. They didn't know where it was. She was in one hospital in Maryland, and they moved her to John Hopkins. If you get moved to John Hopkins, something's really wrong. And there were six or seven doctors trying to figure I mean, these smart folk. I mean, from all over the country, y'all. You know, Dr. So-and-so from this country. And they're, and they're, all, and they're like, we got the specialist in here. And I go by to see her. And, and, and Rhonda, she, she had a two and a, and a four-year-old, right? A one-year-old and a three-year-old that she was leaving behind. And I remember going in there. And, and, I mean, her skin is like a color you couldn't imagine. And her eyes are rolled back in her head. It is crazy. And, and, and mom and dad there, mom and dad were divorced. And there was some tension there. And dad hadn't been around. And he was glad to be there. And I walked in the room. All right. The pastor's here. Dr. Jolie. I was like, oh, no. Don't do that to me. You know, you go in there, and one time Kelly and I went to go see a lady we didn't know, a sister of one of the elders, and she was in a hospice, and we're walking down, and you know, I'm just walking with confidence. Kelly's like, you know we're about to see a lady who's dying. I know. I'm a pastor. Leave me alone. <laughs> and I get in there, that lady was dying. And I didn't know what to do. In fact, I, I touched her. Yeah, and she talked. I'm thinking, oh, what a miracle. And she said, your hands are cold. (laughs) It means to exist with someone in the in-between, that frustrating place of maybe or hopefully and speak and console with truth that things are bad, but God is good and I am here. And you can expect to sometimes experience that foolish, awkward feeling of expressing, it's going to be okay, or I am here. And then, you know, there's a silence and fear because you're not sure or you can't magic something to happen. And in that moment, why do it? I think, why am I here? 
Why do I, why feel uncomfortable? Why sit by while death may come in? Why keep just going to see and experience setback or hear the real bad news or speak hopeful words? That's, that's words without self-producible results. What is, what is the goal and hope of the mission to go to suffering? Because it seems like God is setting us up to just be part of some joke or you just got to go, you know, just be tough and, and experience the toughness. And that's not it at all. Because there is good news in the mission of suffering. What is going on here? Paul has drawn this web of suffering and comfort. A worldwide web of suffering and comfort. Goes something like this. The God of comfort comforts us. Jesus comforts us. We suffer. You comfort us. And then we come back and comfort you. And in the same comfort you receive, now you, when you suffer, can rest in that comfort. Okay? Y'all didn't get it? Me either. Um, But the point is, you know, when you suffer and you get comforted, you get the tools. You get the ability. You get this thing to go and comfort other folk as well. But here's the key to the thing. It says in verse 5. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. And when we think about what Paul says here, that you know we, we share in the sufferings of Christ, I can't help but wonder how. Because truly none of us has died on the cross for the sin of the world. No, that ain't you. I don't, I don't think I saw any of you there. But this is how. Christ experienced, and as our Lord experiences, all the sufferings of his people. He's already done and been there. So when we share in the sufferings of Christ, it's only because Jesus has already come to suffer for those who are suffering. I recently went to see my mom, and I remember telling myself, I'm the pastor, doggone it. I know what to do. I counsel and console and comfort people for my job all the time, right? I even went in with my Bible, y'all. Right? And I went in that room to comfort, to dig in, to tell the truth. It was like, and you know what? It was like someone had told a bad joke. I remember. I started saying all the wrong things. And when I would read a verse or say something, my mom would be like sleeping. Or she would say something like, I know, baby. What? And I know, Pastor Ron. I know, baby. She's trying to comfort me. Because <laughs> my attempt to be there for her felt so off. And so her bed faced away from the door. She couldn't see people going by but I was sitting at the foot of the bed and I could through in my peripheral see folk who were walking by right and I'm sitting in there I mean I am taking y'all nothing's working you know touching baby it's okay oh great and I'm sitting there and I see Reverend Mac go by and Reverend Mac was my pastor when I was a little boy growing up he was the main pastor of our church in Charleston And y'all, like 
some desperate person in a movie, right? Reverend Mac! Reverend Mac! And he came in, and let me tell you something about Reverend Mac. He's the guy, if I'm sick, call him to pray for me, y'all. That man can pray, right? And so I'm like, Reverend Mac, please come, please. He's like, huh, huh, huh. And he came in. Hey, y'all, and we caught up on some things. And then he did this. Let us join hands and pray. Let me tell you, I already had his hand, but he didn't have to grab mine. And he prayed. And let me tell you, that brother played. Prayed. You hear me? And he was saying his songs or hymns, I mean, words or hymns and all, lying in that thing, saying scriptures he prayed. And the room opened up like my heart melted and the tears flowed in comfort and consolation like you could never imagine. Into the room and looking back, you know, I called out when I saw Reverend Mac because what I was there to do would have failed. Comfort would not have come if he were not there. It's kind of humbling to say it, but your pastor needed a pastor. You and I, God's people, when we go to suffering, when we sit in it, like I was sitting in that bed, we are in the place that Jesus already is. When we go to it, we are in a place where Jesus himself puts himself in a position to be seen and already sees us. I mean, when you go to suffering, that is the place where Jesus is already at work and comes to care for us. And he, as the Lord and Savior of mankind, he comes in to his children and with his children and joins himself with them. And the world linking up with all that we go through and brings down Power and supernatural comfort and peace. He alone brings hope out of hopelessness and gain out of loss and life out of death and joy and fear and laughing and sorrow and light and darkness and clarity when it's haziness and power out of words and actions and touches and hugs and prayers and he brings possibility out of impossibility. That you and I, we may be the missionaries, but he's the miracle bringer. That we may share in the sufferings of others, but his sufferings bring real hope. And in that, that the Lord Jesus is there, he's already been there, and he comes in for us to be able to see for the world. It is only there that we go to suffering. It is there. And because of Him, because He is the God of all comfort. Let us pray. Lord, we are there, some of us. Send help Send someone who sees you and can call you and will come. Lord, some of us are, 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 are dealing with folk who are suffering, Lord. We, we're lost. We don't know what to do. We went. We dug in. Lord, show us how faithful of a God you are. Link up with us. 
and bring power to what normally would be powerless. And draw us and the world to you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.